Welcome back to week number 12 of Undercovered Ops on the Player Profiler Radio Network, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, SoundCloud, on YouTube. Click that button, subscribe, and click that bell button to get notified when we go live on YouTube. Check it out. Check it out. Undercovered Ops, we are here. Yes, if you are watching on YouTube, Cam Newton is officially back, and your boy is repping for scooting Cam Newton. But tonight, we're not going to be starting in Carolina. We're going to be starting in Baltimore. And what better way to start in Baltimore than without Lamar Jackson? Tyler Huntley came in. We talked about Tyler Huntley. I actually told some people to start him on the starter stream show this last week. Seven rush attempts, 40 yards. That's four bonus points, obviously, for a quarterback in fantasy. That's why we started him, because Tyler Huntley is learning from Lamar Jackson every single day. He beat out Robert Griffin the third. Why not? The other question is Bateman, Sammy Watkins, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown did not play in this game. The interesting thing is none of these three receivers have played together fully healthy in 2021. Week 10 was the only time all season against Miami that all three played in the game together. That was Watkins' return game, and that was when Brown got injured. Obviously, week 10, Watkins played 32%. Brown left early. He had 13 targets in that game, 63%, but still – Watkins over 40 yards, five out of seven games. Bateman over 50 yards, three out of five games. Brown over 69 yards in six out of nine games. Nice, nice. 69 yards, six out of nine games. Double nice on that one. The interesting thing here is everybody came into this game thinking, all right, it's a Rashad Bateman week. We love Rashad Bateman. It's about time. The big breakout is coming. I expect it as well. Isaac, this is the last week. You're not going to be able to buy him after this. My process was Hollywood Brown's going to be playing here taking some heat off of Bateman, obviously, and Lamar Jackson is going to be healthy. What happens? Jackson doesn't play. Brown doesn't play. Unfortunate. Bateman finishes, leads uh, second in the team in routes run, six targets, three for 29. It was the Mark Andrews game. That was everything. It was eight receptions, 73 yards, and nine targets. That was the big focus. And then Watkins, Sammy Watkins returns, three receptions, 48 yards, four targets, the big catch down the field that really helped prop his day up. Otherwise, it was two for like 15 um, the prop on Sammy Watkins, I believe, was like 29 and a half. I actually had that as one of my props. You can catch me, Cody Carpentier, on YouTube or patreon.com forward slash Carpentier NFL. That was one of my props of the week. You can catch that right here. 34 and a half was the Sammy Watkins line that I had this last week. Hit Chenault, hit Elijah, Cam, Sammy, Nico, baby. We were right there on Nico this last week. That, that was, if you watch a Houston game, I know it was a painful one to watch, but Nico had that touchdown. That was just a. That was a tough one. To see Watkins, Bateman, and Brown in this offense together, that's really going to be the telltale what's going to happen in this offense. Watkins has been very, very low-key this season in all the games he's played in and played over over 50% of the snaps. He's had over 40 yards in every single game. Weeks 1 through 4, 4 for 96, 4 for 44, 4 for 68, 4 for 49, and then two games he played less than 35%, and then this last week, 70%, three for 48. So he's getting the usage. It's weird. Sammy Watkins is just like super low-key hitting his props every week that he plays, but he's not really worth a damn in fantasy. I mean, 13, 8, 10, 8, 8. It's 
you're going to get eight fantasy points out of Watkins, which it is what it is. But, I mean, it's tough to play in fantasy. Jacksonville, every week I say this is the most painful one to talk about. But Jamal Agnew, unfortunately, gets injured in this game. He goes from 51 snaps last week to 10 this week. Five targets to three. He catches all three, has 18 yards, but he goes down. And the person that gets the biggest snap rise, Tavon Austin stays the same, 12 snaps, 11 snaps. Laquan freaking Treadwell goes from 22 snaps to 31. He ran nine, nine routes last week, 16 this week, three targets this week versus one last week. No, it'll be a cold day in hell before I do anything with Laquan Treadwell. But I guess Tavon Austin is now viable in situations. I think Tavon Austin is going to fill right into that Jamal Agnew role. Can, can, can we just have this LaVisca freaking breakout for once and for all? Like, he's on the exact same pace as he was last year. We talked about this last week. I'm still buying LaVisca in Dynasty, and now that Agnew's hurt, maybe that window is closing quicker and quicker. But 600 yards last year on 58 receptions, 10.3 yards per reception this year. 40 receptions, 408, 10.2 yards per reception. The only difference is touchdowns. He's averaging eight points per game now, 11 points per game last year, five touchdowns last year, a goose egg this year. It's unfortunate because Jacksonville's just not good this year, so it's limiting his scoring and stuff like that. But the next couple weeks, Atlanta, he's not going to be lined up on A.J. Terrell. That's going to be Marvin Jones. Rams, he's not going to be lined up on Jalen Ramsey. That's going to be Marvin Jones. Tennessee, below average. Houston sucks. Jets suck. Let's get this freaking late-season LaVisca breakout. Come on, baby. Come on. Let's go. Everybody needs to pound the table for this LaVisca breakout. Keep adding him. Keep buying him. Um, and Dynasty, this is this is it right here. This Imagine he goes into the fantasy playoffs. Tennessee, Houston, Jets. We're talking week 14, 15, 16, LaVisca. What would you do if he comes back back-to-back-to-back 100-yard games? Would you be surprised? Would you, would you be surprised? This last week, he had five for 50 on five targets with five freaking air yards. This is the Yak King. This is exactly what I was talking about. Debo, great rookie year, down second year. Does what he does this year. Chenault really hasn't had a down second year. It's just been a consistently, you know, he's on pace for 600 yards again, just no touchdowns. So would you be surprised if that course corrects and he scores a couple touchdowns down the stretch or he, he has 100 yards? Would you be surprised? Like, no, I wouldn't be. Another unfortunate injury. Adam Trot, Daddy, obviously week after week after week, he's been hitting, he's been bouncing back, he's been growing and growing and growing his role. He goes down, sprained MCL. <laughs> it's weird this graphic goes up from a quote from the last week's show. New Orleans is going to be in primetime for the next six weeks. Traquan and Adam Troutman, they're coming. Be ready. Primetime football. And Trout Daddy's injured. MCL sprain out four to six weeks. Perfect. Couldn't couldn't have scripted it better. So that leans into what? Traquan Smith. Truthers unite. Traquan Smith. We're going all the way up. Seven targets last week, eight this week, four for 44 last week, five for 64 this week. It's Traquan's show. We're all living in it. Callaway is there. Seven slot routes. Traquan had 24 in the slot, by the way. Seven targets for Troutman, four for Callaway. Two for 52 with Callaway. Deontay Harris is still there. Two for 11. But I think the biggest role change you're going to see is Kenny Stills. I think Kenny Stills bounces back 30%, 20%, 40% snap shares the last three weeks. Nick Vanette is going to push into that tight end role and play exactly what Troutman did. It's kind of weird. This beginning of the year, Troutman played for Vanette when Vanette was out. That's why he was run blocking more, pass blocking more, 
filling in for Vanette. We saw Juwan Johnson play. Juwan Johnson's role comes back. Troutman rises up, and now Troutman's injured, and Vanette's going to fill into that role. Will Juwan be active this next game? He wasn't last week. We'll see, but Vanette should be in that role. I'm not going to be playing much Vanette, but it, it's not a terrible bet to make at the stone. 17 snaps, 14 routes, 7 in the slot, 1 target, 20 yards. Vanette can do it. We've seen him do it. Seattle, Denver, it's it's happened. But Kenny Stills, I guess, that's another dart I'm willing to throw in in DraftKings and, and whatnot. But And even if the prop is right on underdog, underdogfantasy.com, use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Go to check that out. This week, come on, Thanksgiving, they got the turkey. They got the Battle Royale. They got three Battle Royales going on. They got the Cranberry Sauce, which is Las Vegas at Dallas, Battle Royale Stuffing, which is Buffalo at New Orleans, and then the Leftovers, which is the Week 12 Battle Royale. These are all mini best ball drafts. So Kenny Stills is a guy that I would like to draft in the last round of these. Kenny Stills is a guy, Week 3, 85 air yards. Week 5, 80 air yards. Week 7, 105 air yards. Week 9, 100 air yards. We've seen these guys on Thanksgiving boom and do these big things. Why not a Kenny Stills, a Marquise Goodwin? You're talking about the last round of a six or a four-man best ball league that you kind of have to be a little bit different. You can have your three main guys, but you want to have that last guy, that fourth or that sixth guy, depending on your draft on Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD for a up to $100 deposit match. You want to have a little something different, and Stills and Goodwin give that to you. So Stills, I'm, I'm the order of importance and who I like in this offense, it's Traquan Calloway, Big Gap, Ingram, Big Gap, Stills Harris, and Fantasy. But you're talking underdog, you're talking best ball, you're talking DFS. Stills is a guy I would bet on 2% of the time. Carolina, cap it a tip. Yeah. Robbie Anderson, again, six targets. Back-to-back six targets. Four receptions last week, five this week, 37 yards last week in a touchdown, 30 yards this week. DJ Moore, seven targets last week, seven targets this week. So you're seeing some consistency there. Six and six for Robbie, seven and seven for DJ, five catches this week for DJ, 65 yards and the touchdown. Last week the touchdown goes to Robbie. This week it goes to DJ. We love to see it. Consolidation, consolidation, running back happening again. Amir Abdullah, nil, no targets. Chuba, nil, no targets. One rush attempt for Amir, none for Chuba. He's at McCaffrey, 10 carries. Eight targets. McCaffrey's back in that role. Over 140 all-purpose yards. You'd love to see it for McCaffrey. And then at tight end, it's Ian Thomas. It's Tommy Tremble. They're splitting time. 31 snaps for Ian Thomas. 21 for Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble, two for 35 in the air. Ian Thomas, one for seven. Cam likes Ian Thomas, but Tommy Tremble's the better tight end. Face it in Dynasty. Go at him. I've been saying this all season. Taxi stash Tommy Tremble. That's the name. Triple T's. Go get him. Go out to Buffalo. This Zach Moss thing is uh, something, I guess you could say. It's a pain in the ass if it's one thing. Zach Moss is definitely a zero RB target in that round 10, round 11 area. I actually had Moss in a couple spots, not very many at all, but in a couple spots where it's like, all right, got this guy as my RB3, my RB4, I'll take it. It's actually Matt Breida who is just explosive, explosive. And I talked to a guy that works for the Buffalo Radio Network in Canton in August at the Fantasy Football Expo. He said, the Buffalo Bills love Matt Breida. What do we see here? The Buffalo Bills love Matt Breida. The situation arises. Moss is a little dinged up. Singletary sucks. And Breida goes five for 66, two targets. It's so weird, man. Matt Breida, 16 snaps. Moss, 16 snaps. Devin Singletary, 20 snaps. Five carries for Breida, three for Moss, three for Singletary. 66 yards for Breida, five for Moss, 17 for Singletary. 
The routes, Singletary 16, Moss 10, Breida 9. Targets, Singletary 4, Breida 2, Moss 1. It's Breida and Singletary. Moss is just getting completely pushed out of this game because he doesn't have expl- he's not explosive. It's straight up the way it is, unfortunately. Do I want Breida? Probably not. If I'm stuck in a bind and I just need a back, if you're in deep, deep leagues, I understand it. I'm not going to love it. But between Moss and Breida, Breida is the guy right now. And this bit me in the ass about a month and a half ago when I said with Gaskin, it was like, you can't trust anybody in Miami. And then Gaskin comes back for the last six week and he's, weeks and he's done good. But the bottom line is if they don't like Moss and Breida is explosive and Singletary catches the ball better, Moss is not startable. It sucks. Green Bay, I was wrong on Mercedes Lewis. He's the big dog. They're using him more in the run blocking. Five routes on 19 snaps. Josiah Deguire. Josiah Deguera. Josiah Deguera. However the fuck you want to say it. Josiah Deguera catches a touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings in a loss in Minnesota for the Green Bay Packers. Again, if you watch the starter stream show, you know what it is. You know what it is. It's we two for 37 on 15 routes and two targets. For Josiah, the third-round pick out of the 2020 Deguera of the Green Bay Packers, 6'2", 242, 68th percentile 40-yard dash, 61st agility, 66th burst, best comparable to Garrett Graham. Who cares? He's average. He is what he is. He's connected to Aaron Rodgers, and that's what matters. The snap share has grown each of the last five weeks, 13%, 19 25 32 and 46%. Josiah is the guy they're pushing out there over Dominique Daphne, the more athletic guy, over Mercedes Lewis, the bigger, more professional tight end. But that's fine. Josiah fits the role, and Rodgers likes him, so we got to roll with it. I'm not going to be playing much of DeGuerra, but it is what it is. Pittsburgh, a tight end I will be playing because we have been playing for a hot minute. Also this week on Patreon.com, forward slash Carpentier NFL, I took the prop of Pat Frymuth, like over 40 yards or something like that, and a touchdown. And what's he do? He gets seven targets. Seven targets on Sunday Night Football. I think it was a 41-37 game or something like that. And then four catches, he has 11 yards and a touchdown. He catches the touchdown. But again, 11 yards on seven targets kind of made me laugh. But in this game, 38 snaps, 21 routes run. Eric Ebron actually out-route ran him 22-21. Though Frymuth was in on 38 out of 68 snaps. Between the two guys, Eric Ebron is out for a couple weeks. He's injured, so now it's back to the Frymuth show completely at tight end. Ebron had three targets, three for 24. So again, more tight end routes, more opportunities, more targets for Frymuth. Not that he needed that, but now he's going to get it even more. Also, on top prop fantasy, you can go over there. You can play me. I think I'm going to have Marquise Goodwin tomorrow. The props have not dropped yet on top prop, but all week long, they're giving free bets, risk-free bets, risk-free competitions all week on top prop. Use Carpentier NFL, get a free $10 when you deposit, and play me in the battleground. You can play your league mates in your ESPN leagues, your Yahoo leagues. You can compete against your team. You bring your fantasy league in, you import it in, play against other teams in your league, bet money. Bet against everybody else. Take everybody's money in your league. Even if your team sucks right now, it is what it is, man. Go into Top Prop Fantasy. Use the promo code Carpentier NFL. Play me in the battleground. Play your whole fantasy league. Just do it. Just do it. It's easy. It's fun. 
It's not quite DFS. It's not quite props. It's not quite sports betting. It's your fantasy team on top prop playing against each other for money. So if you're playing Bob this week and you can play Tom again, you can play Bob, Tom, and Tommy all in the same week and you can take all their money. And you can play me on top prop. You disagree in the battleground. If you think, hey, Cody, Pat Fryermuth sucks. I want Dan Arnold. You can take Dan Arnold against my Pat Fryermuth, and we'll see who wins. Put your money where your mouth is. Top prop fantasy, Carpentier NFL. Get yourself 10 bucks. Go to Chicago. Another tight end that I love, Cole Komet. I've been saying it the last few weeks. If it's not Fryermuth and it's not Troutman, it's Komet. He had a down week. He had a down week. Only had one reception on two targets and 12 yards and the next four games are tough for Cole Komet. Detroit is 10th against tight ends in fantasy points allowed. Arizona's first, Green Bay 14th, Minnesota 5th. And with Allen Robinson down, Chicago had two 100-yard receivers. No, not Allen Robinson. He hasn't had that since week 14 of last season. Oh, and they had a guy have 16 targets. Not Allen Robinson. He hasn't done that since week 5 of 2020. Darnell Mooney, 16 targets. 16 targets, he only caught five, but he had 121 yards. Marquise Goodwin, four receptions, 105 yards on eight targets. Both guys had 100 yards in this game. 24 targets combined for Marquise Goodwin and Darnell Mooney. Absolutely unreal. Unreal. And the props this week, Darnell Mooney's in that 55 to 53 range. Marquise Goodwin, 32 to 30 range. I mean, it is what it is. I talked about it earlier. They're playing in the Cranberry Sauce Battle Royale on underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Get yourself a, up to $100 in deposit bonus. $5 entry into the Battle Royale for the Las Vegas at Dallas game. The turkey also. You get that Chicago versus Detroit action in there. Get yourself some Darnell Mooney. Get yourself some Marquise Goodwin in there. Marquise Goodwin's a very interesting piece if Allen Robinson is out long-term. Chicago had this game, though. They just blew it. T- Tyler Huntley played better. They just blew it. They had this opportunity. So Darnell Mooney looks fantastic, though. Marquise Goodwin's getting those opportunities with Mooney on the opposite side. I think it smells spells the end for Allen Robinson in Chicago. I think we've seen this coming a long time. Um, but I think they're pretty happy with Darnell being that, even if he's not the alpha prototype, he's still pretty similar to a Devonta Smith and you bring another guy in this year's draft class, maybe you get a Traylon Burks, Drake London, something like that. That would mesh very well with Darnell Mooney. I think that Chicago is in the the works for something like that. Even a Mike Williams maybe from the Chargers, if he becomes a free agent, we'll see what happens. Go down to Houston. It's Cooks. It's Nico. It's Chris Conley at receiver. Nico Collins, one for nine on two targets. They need to be targeting Nico a lot more. He had a end zone target that was a touchdown. Right toe down. Elbow, right toe, elbow. That's two pieces of the body. They've talked about this a lot before. That's two pieces. Elbow and toe is a touchdown. Elbow comes down, toe comes down, but the hand. So it was elbow down, hand goes out of bounds, but the elbow hit first. Should have been a touchdown. Did not count. One for nine, two targets is what went on the scoreboard for an Eagle Collins. This guy needs to have six, seven, eight targets a week. That's the bottom line. Brandon Cooks, two for nine, two for 18 on three targets as well at tight end. Brevin Jordan should be out snapping Farrell Brown. I've been talking about this for the last few weeks with Josh Larkey. Brevin Jordan broke out as a freshman at Miami. Miami just continues to bring out these tight ends. Will Mallory in this next class, 2022-2023. They're just they're they're loaded. There's a, they have a couple guys down in Miami right now that are going to come out and be ballers in the NFL again. 
And Brevin Jordan's just one of those guys. He's a little undersized right now, but I tweeted it out earlier. Why is Houston doing what they're doing? Listen, Chris Conley, Brandon Cooks, Farrell Brown, David freaking Johnson, Rex Burkhead, they just dropped Phillip Lindsay, Tyrod Taylor. Why is this offense not KJ Costello, Davis Mills, Jamie Newman, Darius Geis, Carrion Johnson, Stevie Scott? What are we doing here? Bring in all of this youth. Every Bring in these guys under 25 years old. I don't give a shit. Bring them in and get these old heads out of here. Get Burkhead out of here. Get Johnson out of here. Get Lindsey out. Farrell Brown, out. Brandon Cooks, you should have traded him. You're a dumbass. Chris Conley, out. Throw the ball to Nico. Hand the ball off. Let's see what Stevie Scott is. Let's see what these quarterbacks are. Let's see if Darius Geis has anything, if he's even – he's not suspended, and he's technically active, so he can be added. So don't come at me with that shit. But why are we not throwing the ball to these young guys, figuring out who can play football? It's the Houston Texans. They're not going to win shit. So I don't know what you're doing trying to go out here and win games like this. Like, bring in some youth. You want to have Tyrod on the team? Fine, I get that. He's the veteran leader. I think he deserves to be on a good team. And Houston is giving him a a disservice by making him stay in Houston. It kind of sucks. But bring some youth in, period. I don't know what they're thinking down in Houston, not how you should be rebuilding your freaking franchise by playing old heads and leaving these young players under 25 in free agency. It makes negative freaking sense. Go to New York Jets, Elijah Moore, all over. Just absolutely pulls it out and just drops it on Keelan Cole and drops it on Braxton Berrios and goes for a buck 40 on 11 targets and a score. Elijah Moore is that dude. Top three in the breakout finder. This has been a known thing. That old Miss team was stacked. DK, Van Jefferson, AJ Braun, Elijah Moore, Dawson Knox, Demarcus Lodge. We can go on and on. Chad Swag Kelly, Jordan Tiam. Like, there's dudes down there at Old Miss. Dudes had to transfer. A guy you may not even talk about, Trey Nixon, had to transfer away from Old Miss. He's now with the Patriots on the practice squad. Like, this team was so loaded with talent, and Trey Nixon was the fast out of all of them, so don't even get me started, but, like, seriously, loaded. Elijah Moore, we knew he was going to be a stud. Eight for 141 on 11 targets, 33 routes run. Corey Davis comes back. But, oh, Elijah Moore's not going to break out because Corey Davis is healthy and Jamison Crowder's healthy and Joe Flacco doesn't have a connection with him. Shut the hell up. Seven targets for Corey Davis, three for 35. Corey Davis is that big outside dude. He's not the playmaker. Jamison Crowder, 6 for 44. That classic Jamison Crowder 10-point game. Shut up. Get out of here. Seven targets. Elijah Moore is the stud in this offense. Like I said, Berrios, nine snaps. Keelan Cole, 12. Buried. Lock him up. It's done. The sad news is, I got to bring it up, Michael Carter, high ankle. Fuck. Can't even. I'm so – he's out for a couple weeks. And that opens the door for Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson. Tevin Coleman got the carries, though. Tevin Coleman, 5 for 16. 15 routes. Ty Johnson, 11 snaps, 1 carry, 7 routes. I think Ty is going to get all the pass game work. I don't expect Tevin to get much of any of it. If I had to assume or project, um, uh, I think Lorky's working on that right now, but if I had to assume or project, I would put Ty Johnson in that 
three to six target range every week. Tevin, maybe one. And the carry thing, the carries are going to come out probably at like an eight to one ratio for Tevin Coleman, maybe a six to one ratio. You're going to see Coleman get the majority of these carries, but Ty Johnson's going to run the pass game until something happens to Tevin, which could be this week where he has a, an ankle sprain similar to Michael Carter. Then you're going to get full bore Ty Johnson, which, as we know, upper 90th percentile explosivity. Love that for Ty Johnson. That's why we love him at Player Profiler. Of course, the reason I love Michael Carter is because I think Michael Carter's a stud. He is a stud. He was a stud. Top 24 running back in fantasy football is, was, has been better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I've been said this since January, February. More fantasy points than Javante Williams in 2021. Quote me, find it. You know what it is. But that doesn't take the doesn't take away from Ty Johnson solid. He's not good. He's solid. He's fast. He's explosive, but he's not Michael Carter. Ty Johnson's going to get opportunities to score 15 fantasy points. You have to play him. You have to add him. That is the waiver wire ad of the week. If you didn't already two weeks ago when Matt told you on waiver wire to get him, I would say Matt was ahead on him, but that was more of a hate thing towards Michael Carter for Matt. And there's just not a lot of guys to add. So that was Ty Johnson. So, Congratulations, Matt. You got Ty Johnson, but it was injury. The New York Giants. This one is fun, I guess you could say. It's going to become fun. It's going to become a lot better than it was. Jason Garrett fired four hours ago. These are Monday night stats right here. 34 routes for Evan Ingram leads the team. Kenny Galladay, 32. Darius Slayton, 28. Darius Slayton is uh, garbage. Five targets for Evan Ingram, 12 Darius Tony. That's his seven for 40. Kadarius Tony just looks different on the field in comparison to, to Galladay, Slade, and Ingram. It's just the bottom line. Tony's in the field. Um freak speed, freak ability. Chad Johnson. Go look it up. Chad Johnson tweeted at him last night, and he's like, This, this, this Tony cat is different. His feet is different, his routes is different. He's got that it factor. And that it factor isn't a, oh, he's got it. This is a this is a Tyreek Hill level it factor. Not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but this is the Tyreek Hill level it factor. He has that twitch. This isn't fast twitch. This is this is you can't even feasible. Like we can't Tyreek Hill isn't a feasible athlete. You think of fast, you think of DK Metcalf, you know, he's he's 6'5", he's 230, he runs fast. But when you watch Tyreek Hill, like the play you always think of is against Dallas, I think it was like three years ago, before halftime, they, you know, they're going to throw a Hail Mary. I think they're from, you know, 60 yards out or whatever. And instead of throwing a Hail Mary, they threw it about 30 yards down Tyreek. And he takes like these weird zigs and zags and hop steps, and he makes every dude miss. It's the craziest shit. It's like hopscotch on the football field, makes all these dudes miss, and scores. Nobody does that but Tyreek Hill. That's the next-level twitch that Kadarius Toney has. The only difference is he's in New York, not Kansas City, and this offense is shit because of Jason Garrett. And now, presumably, Freddie Kitchens. It should be better because Kitchens is better at OC than he was a head coach. We saw that. I trust him a little bit better. But, again, got to be careful with your words because pairing Kadarius Toney to Tyreek Hill – is not what I'm doing. I'm just saying he has that it factor. He has those twitch muscles. He has that speed. He has that agility. That's all I'm going to say. Kadarius Tony, obviously we know against Dallas, 
He boomed all over the place. He had a couple down weeks. He was injured. Six, seven, one. Got back up this week. He had 11 fantasy points, seven for 40, 75 air yards on 12 targets. That was his second best game when it comes to targets with 12. Second best game when it comes to snap share since he was injured, 62.3%. Kadarius Tony's rolling back up. Philadelphia, Miami, L.A., Dallas the next four weeks. Then Philadelphia again and Chicago in the fantasy championships. I'm excited about Kadarius Tony, but I'm also excited about Saquon Barkley. Six carries, 22 Six receptions, 56 yards on six targets. I think the targets are only going to keep going up. 69% snap share. We saw the first game of the year when he came back from an injury, 47% week one, 82% week two against Washington. Denver was a strong defense week one. Tampa Bay was a strong defense week 11. He has those tough matchups the first week he comes back, and then the next week he gets a little bit better, but it's not exactly easy. He gets Philadelphia week two. He had Washington. Expect a little more from Saquon this week, but again, I'm not expecting that big 30-point boom. I think Miami in a couple weeks is that spot for him. But again, keep playing Saquon if you have him and keep buying him if he's still for sale. But the big news here is bye-bye-bye to Jason Garrett. It's about time. I saw Steffi Small. She's been tweeting about him for months, trying to get him out of New York, and it finally happened. But I think it's going to be a lot like Thanksgiving in New York. We're going to get so much Kadarius Turkey Tony. We're going to get so much Saquon Stuffing Barkley. A lot of turkey, a lot of stuffing, a lot of Tony, a lot of Saquon. I don't know if we're going to know what to do with it for the rest of the season. But I'm all the way in on Kadarius Tony for the rest of the season and for the rest of this young man's career. I'm all the way in, and I'm excited. Go get some Kadarius Tony. It's probably too late. But he didn't exactly boom in Monday Night Football. Kadarius Turkey Tony. Turkey Tony.